All right, everybody, welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And welcome back to the show. Uh, ben is joining me and uh, Ian will be shortly as soon as uh, his youngest decides to finally go to sleep. Uh, she she is quite the little pistol tonight, so he'll be jumping in here shortly. But um, last week we uh, dove into all of the different free agents, uh, unrestricted, restricted, exclusive rights, um, guys that the Steelers will be dealing with and, and quite frankly are currently dealing with as we get closer to free agency. Um, and then, uh, tonight, what we wanted to do was kind of dive into a little bit of the salary cap stuff. And, um, uh, I, I, part of the reason I love having, uh, both Ben and Ian around here is because they know this stuff way better than I do. And, um, so we'll, we'll look into that a little bit, um, talk about where it, it, it's supposed to be, where it could be, but more importantly, you know, where the Steelers are going to be and, and look at some of these guys with one year remaining on their deals, because I, I think um, for all the heartache that many people are going to go through when Juju does finally move on and sign with somebody else, because that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a few names of uh, guys with one year left that might um, really uh, uh, tug at the heartstrings of some fans as well. But so we'll get into that a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about the Steelers new assistant offensive line coach um, who actually has more experience than the offensive line coach. Um, But we'll uh, we'll get into that. And I received last week a very interesting email from a Ravens fan. And, um, there's, there's a backstory there and there's a buildup and there's some stuff coming down the road on this. Uh, but let's just say it, it should be entertaining to say the least. Uh, Ben, uh, kudos, uh, to you and how are you this fine evening? Oh, I'm good. I'm fine, man. Yourself. Yeah. I, you know, I'm good. I'm, uh, uh, my wife got me this, uh, uh, this box full of, uh, whiskey and bourbon shots, it's like eight or 10 different bottles and, and you just kind of try each one. And I, I'm currently working on a, uh, Alabama style whiskey, uh, Clyde Mays, uh, is what it's called. So it's, uh, it's okay. Um, it's, it's not anything I'm going to run out and buy, but, um, it'll, uh, it'll do the job this evening. And, um, other than that, just freezing my ass off because it's uh, about eight degrees right now. And good times. Yeah. Expected to, uh, to get even colder this weekend. So, uh, yeah, terrific, terrific. Um, so let's just, uh, in fact, let's talk a little bit about the offensive line coach first. Um, th- this is a guy that uh, uh, named Chris Morgan who comes over. Um, he, he was with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, he's got uh, what what we would refer to as the uh, zone blocking history um, and experience there outside zone. And, um He's got, as I said in the opening, he's got more experience than Adrian Clem, the new offensive line coach, has. And that's not terribly uh, uh, unusual to have something like that. But I think the other thing, too, is this guy has experience as a run game coordinator as well. Uh, What is, Ben, I'll throw it to you on this. What is the importance of a guy who is known as a run game coordinator uh, in this role here? Uh, as an assistant offensive line coach, I, I don't know how much, mm-hmm. how much significance it's going to have. I 
don't imagine a lot. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't. I guess that the theory is that Clem knows the personnel better, knows what their strengths and weaknesses are. But they're both, both Clem and Morgan are both going into a, a new scheme mm-hmm. under a new coordinator. So I I don't really know what how that's going to work out. Um, typically, a run game coordinator will take a look at the opposing team on film, watch them, look for weaknesses in their game, mm-hmm. compare that to what his guys do well, and then make suggestions to the O.C., saying, you know, I think we should do this, this, and this, because my guys do it well, and and they're susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it kind of goes from there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that for example, that's what Munchak did. Right. That's, that, that's exactly that what yeah. Munchak did, and that's why the, the run game was very successful under Mike Munchak when he was still in Pittsburgh. Um, and I, I don't know that Sean Surrett had that kind of latitude, and, you know, the run game didn't click no. under Surrett. Do you um, – I mean, are we to believe that with Matt Canada that that we're just automatically going to uh, some form of outside zone blocking scheme here? Is is that just, just uh, something that we should bank on, or is there something more to it than that? Inside, outside, uh, probably, yeah. Um I mean the the Steelers have fairly mobile offensive linemen, um, with the exception of, of Zach Banner, who has just always been a plotter. Um, right, right. You know, you've got some guys that are that are pretty athletic, especially as three hundred pound guys go. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, depending. I mean, I I don't know who's going to play center next year yet. Neither do you. If Pouncey retires, mm-hmm. that changes things a bit. Um. You know, it it could work though is the thing, and I'm sure they'll still do some gap blocking right. in certain instances, short yardage, for example. Um, but going to a zone blocking scheme allows the offense to take advantage of the defense when they're a little bit off kilter because there's been a lot of motion pre snap, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and they're still adjusting to what's going to happen. And throwing in those surprises with the blocks in a ZBS with a trap game. Still have some pulls, but with a trap game. All right. You know, some counters, some pulls, some traps. Um, and, you know, it it can uh, it can work out well. It, it can lend itself to some success. Um, a guy like Anthony McFarland is very well suited to that kind of an offense, for example. Right. He's just a guy that you want to get get him a little seam, get him to the second level and see what he can do. And that's really what they needed to do with him last year. Instead, you know, they were trying to run between the tackles and, you know, he had a a couple of glimpses where you thought that maybe he might do something, but he wasn't that, that successful because he's, he's not a a big bruising back type guy. Right. Yeah. And so it's fair to say that's probably what we're looking at um, come the the new season. So it, it does definitely make sense with with Morgan now being on board here with Clem. Um, I'd like to welcome Ian in uh, to the show. Ian, we we've just started and uh, just talking a little bit about uh, 
the new assistant offensive line coach, Chris Morgan, and just a little bit about that stuff. But um, yeah, he's uh, been around for a while. Yeah, longer than Clem, uh, you know, and he's he's got some uh, interesting experience both as uh, offensive line coach and and run game coordinator and stuff. So um, I, I I like it. You know, I I'm curious. You know, none of us will know this, but you got to wonder what you know he and Mike Tomlin talked about. Is he is he there to oversee what Adrian Clem does? Is he there just to to assist, be a shoulder to cry on in the rough times? I, I don't know. Um, but I, I'm curious to see how it all develops because clearly they've needed some help in this particular area for sure. Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, so let's dive into the salary cap stuff. And Ian, since you're, you're joining uh, us, um, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Um, we've been told for months that the floor was going to be 175 million. Um, there is some talk that, the NFL could get TV contracts done, which could help raise that a little bit. Um, I, I mean, let, let's say that it even raises it one to one eighty-two, something like that. I mean, should fans expect? Oh, geez, that means we can sign Juju and Bud Dupree. I, I mean, what what really is the expectation here? Uh, Bud, no. <laughs> Juju, I'll, I'll say is a. Uh, maybe depending uh, on what else they do. Yeah. Um, no, uh, no. Pro- probably not. But here's here's what I, I'll I, say. I have them at twenty one million over if the cap comes in at one hundred and eighty, yeah. and that's with that's with the carryover from this year. I, I don't see either one of those guys coming back, and I don't I don't want to sell the fans false hope of that possibility. Well, Ian does. Ian's going to sell some false hope, so give it a shot, Ian. Okay. My my false hope is that in the first year of a contract, you can get it for a, a significantly less lower cap hit. Um, so if you gave Juju basically the same contract that Jarvis Landry got, which at fifteen point one million a year would probably be a fairly steep discount for Juju. We talked last week how mm-hmm. Juju's probably more in the market of of your 16 to 17 million, you know, somewhere in the range of your Mike Evans, Odell Beckham type deal numbers. Um, You know, we say he's above Adam Thieline last week, which was, you know, Thieline and Brandon Cooks are both sitting at 16.2. Robert Woods with the Rams is at 16.25. So, uh, you know, he's definitely better than those guys. Uh, So, so he's probably sitting in the 17 million a year range. Uh, but if you give him Jarvis Landry's contract, which would be a steep hometown discount if he took it, uh, mm-hmm. then you could get him for like three and a half to four million against the cap for the first year of the deal. That number goes up significantly in future years. Right. Um, but just looking at 2021, and like I said, a lot of things have to fall in place there. Juju has to be willing to take you know much less than his market value. Um, but you know, d- depending on length and total term, you can get those things done. Because if you look at you know Jarvis Landry's total contract was seventy five million dollars versus Cooper Cup, who is slightly above him, signed a deal for fewer years, and his total contract was like forty seven million. So yeah, if you offer him the Landry deal at you know seventy five million total value, the Steelers do have a pretty good history of you know paying guys at least a majority of their contract value they're not going to sign a guy one year and then go out and just cut him the next year 
uh, that that's not how they operate. So um, there is some security in that and knowing that, you know, you will actually get a lot more, but it, it's going to come down to guaranteed money. You know, the Steelers have notoriously only guaranteed the signing bonus in their contracts and a mm-hmm. lot of other players across the board, not just wide receivers, have been getting a lot more guaranteed money in their contracts than just the signing bonus. So the Steelers may be behind the eight ball a little bit if they stick with right. that policy too, because the guaranteed money is really what it's all about. So, so Ben, you're, you're definitely in the corner of, even if it, it came up to that juju, just the, the likelihood is, is slim and none, right? Yes. And I'll, okay. I'll just summarize the Steelers are in cap hell. They're yeah. 21 million over. By my calculations, if the, if the cap comes in at 180 million, if it comes in at 185, they're 16 million over. They have 19 of their own free agents. 19. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have depth at the wide receiver position, and they have needs elsewhere. Bottom line, I doubt they even make an attempt to sign him. So, would it be insulting for them to just say, uh, hey, "Juju, uh, what do you what do you think about this number?" And it's way under what he's worth. I mean, do they even try that, or do they just? No, say, no, they're going to say, "Hey, yeah. let us know. Let okay. us know what you what you get out there on the market, and yeah. you know if we can match it, we'll try." And he's going to find something they can't match, and that's going to be the end of it. It's yeah. going to be very, very brief. Um. This week, Ben Roethlisberger was supposed to have sat down with the powers that be, and and to this point, we do not have any confirmation that he did that. And of course, in the current situation, that that could very well have been just a Zoom meeting and making it much more difficult to know when and if they talked, because obviously you don't see Ben at the facility. So um, he's the first guy with a year left on his contract, and and I, I think many people know uh, the math and the situation here, um, Ian, but, um, you know, I, Mark Caballi did a great job of breaking down, you know, the, the four or five different ways this could go. I, I mean, what, what are you looking at? Uh, you know, he, he's 30, not going to be 39 years old. Uh, and we know the history. What, what are we looking at here with, with big Ben? So the Steelers essentially have four options with, all of their guys who have only one year left on their deal. Last week, we talked about the guys who are going to be free agents. This week, I assume we'll talk some more about the guys with one year left. So with only one year left, you can't take cap money and push it out into future years unless you actually sign the guy to an extension. Um, With a guy like Ben, what they can do is essentially put, I'll say, quote unquote, dummy years on the back end of the contract, kind of like they did for Heath Miller and Troy Palomalu, which Mm -hmm. is basically you sign him to a three or four year extension with the expectation that he's only going to play this year and then is going to retire. So none of that money in future years is guaranteed. So the only money that then counts against the cap when he retires is actually the uh, remainder of the signing bonus that you paid out in year one. So with Ben going into this year, you know, he has a $4 million base salary and a $15 million signing bonus that's due in mid-March. So really they have to make a decision by mid-March on that one because they're not going to just pay him 15 million and have it count against the cap this year. So, I'm I'm expecting if he wants to play, they'll do an extension for a couple years. You could slap on, you know, it, it doesn't really matter what the salary numbers are if you don't expect them to play because it's, it's fake money, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll say we'll give him Tom Brady's deal, right? $25 million a year for two years. Um, that's about the going rate for, you know, aging quarterbacks at this point in time. Um, right. 
So you slap that on the back end of his of his current deal. You turn his nineteen million dollar total salary between roster bonus and base salary this year into a signing bonus. Um, he plays for the base salary, which is a little over a million dollars. So eighteen million of that spread out over three years means that you know six million counts this year, twelve million in future years. That mm-hmm. means you save twelve million against the cap this year by signing him to a two year extension that basically costs you what you were going to pay him this year anyway. So like that right there he's he's set to count 41 million against the cap you can save 12 of that i mean the the max you could save is 19 if he's cut or retired for salary cap purposes cutting and retiring is the same thing so um so yeah for ben that's that's probably the most likely scenario if he wants to play as you sign him to an extension and stretch that number out um you know the other options are cutting him or he retires um and or you just let him play on his current number, which the Steelers have said is infeasible and isn't going to happen. So yep. yeah, that's that's that one's out the window. Um, or you just ask him to take a straight up pay cut, which they've right. done in the past. Sometimes it's worked. Sometimes, like James Harrison, it didn't work, and the players like, nope, I'll just let you cut me. Um, and then we realized that was a mistake and bring him back two years later. But nevertheless, <laughs> um, the, it worked out with Ike and Bettis though. It, it did, yes. Yeah. I can. I can bet us did take straight pay cuts. So that is that is another option. I'll say the the complicating factor for Ben Roethlisberger is that the you know the bulk of his money this year, fifteen of the nineteen million, is due in a roster bonus, mm-hmm. not in base salary. So if he's going to forego a significant amount of cash, he'd basically have to give up that roster bonus. Um, you know, saving what what uh, Drew Brees did for the Saints all his money was in base salary. So he said, yeah, I'll just, you know, cut my base salary. But Ben's being in a roster bonus, that's a one-time check he gets in, in March, not a, you know, per game allocation mm-hmm. over the year. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a big it's, hunk of money he's potentially passing up. Yeah. It's a, yeah. We're, it's a little over a month away and, and um, it, it's gotta be settled by then. And that's why they are well scheduled to meet. Um, a couple of, of yeah, points go ahead, I'd, I'd like to make after Ian just did all that. Um, I, the people I've talked to insist that the contracts, the last contract that they gave to Heath Miller and to Troy Polamalu, those were not fake years. That they believed that those players would play mm-hmm. at least. They may not play the last year of those contracts, but that they were they, that there was a good chance that they were going to perform and finish those contracts. Um, they were surprised that Heath Miller retired when he did. He didn't tell anyone he was doing it. And Troy, basically, they just got to the point with Troy where they were like, okay, yeah, you, you're kind of a liability in coverage now. You're a box-only safety in a league that can't use box-only safety, and it's time to, to have you retire because we don't want to cut you mm-hmm. kind of a deal. So they basically talked him into it. Um, as far as so, and, and the point was made to me because I suggested the two-year extension for Ben, and they said that would be that would be groundbreaking for the Steelers. The Steelers don't typically extend players beyond what they think they can play, right? And they do not do voidable years; they never have. So, just doing a two-year extension for Ben when they only expect him, cats out of the bag, kids. They only expect him to play this year if he plays at all. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, basically doing a two-year deal with with years that, that they view as entirely fake is not something the Steelers do. They, they should do business that way, 
I'm not trying to argue that they're doing this right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they should do it this way. If it were me, I'd give them a four year extension and spread it out over five years so that I could take the, you know, make room and take some bad cat medicine later. And, you know, I do all kinds of different things, but that's just not the way they do business. They don't try and circumvent right. the cap like a lot of teams do. Okay. Drew Brees signed a four year extension his last year. He had two voidable years on his contract with no salary because they were voidable. And they were there entirely for the purposes of spreading out his his signing bonus, nothing mm-hmm. else. And, you know, a lot of teams do business like that. The Steelers won't. So, so it, it, yeah. it complicates things. And, and it still brings me back to the fact that, yes, with those three players, with James Harrison, with Ike Taylor, and with Jerome Bettis, they asked them to take pay cuts to stay with the team. Mm-hmm. Usually they get to this point with a player, they just cut them. Right. But there are certain guys you just can't do that with. And my instinct still is that they are going to ask Ben to take a straight pay cut. How much that's going to be, I don't know. Um, maybe, you know, and $19 million for a starting quarterback in the NFL is already low. Already cheap. Yeah, it's already low. And so I don't I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm, I'm, you know, it's a lot for him to chew on whatever they're going to ask him to do. And well, and, and he claimed, you know, he he's on the record with Ed Bouchette essentially saying, uh, you know, I'll do whatever uh, money doesn't matter. And that, that that's, I'm not trying to paint him as, as money hungry or anything like that, but we've heard players say that in the past. I mean, he's made $250 million. I'm with you. He's, he's going to, He's going to be getting some pressure from the league. Yes. For taking that kind of a deal. And mm-hmm. and the point they're going to make to him is you're doing a disservice to your colleagues by doing this because now they're going to be expected to do it too. Right. And and that's going to be the pressure he's going to be facing. He's not facing any financial pressure. This is not a financial hardship for Ben. If he never makes another dollar, he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did he ever end up moving? I know his house was for sale at one time. They were, right. they were trying to move into a different part of. Uh, uh, I'm not sure, but the yeah. the house they showed on that YouTube show he did was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I believe that was the one with the big seven in the pool. Yeah, oh yeah, I wanted that pool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a novelty! Um, okay, so let's let's move on. Joe Hayden here um, also will have a year left on his contract. Do we want to talk about both Hayden and Nelson? Because they both have a year left. Yeah, so absolutely. They, they, go, yeah. they go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and, and now, granted, um, the the ages are a little different. Um, Nelson's about four years younger than Hayden is. But, um, Ian, go ahead and, and lay it out then with, with how you would work with, with Hayden and Nelson here. Uh, I mean, if it was if it was up to me. I would I would see if Nelson would take an extension for a couple years, and I would see if Hayden would take a straight pay cut. I mean, like we said, yep. we're going into this year twenty one million dollars over. So these the the numbers we're looking at for these guys are not sustainable at all. Right? Um, you know they they signed Nelson had uh, I'll say a spotty at best career in Kansas City. We mm-hmm. signed him to a three year deal, and he worked out great. You know, Kevin Colbert takes some crap for some bad free agent signings, yep. as he should. Yep. But Steven Nelson worked out great. Turned out very us. well. Yep. And he's only going to be 28 next year. 
typically, uh, you know, and I've done some research on this, though, typically cornerbacks hit their, hit their, you know, falling off point a little after 30, 30, 31, 32 is when they just can't keep up anymore. So, um, you know, Nelson's only going to be 28. You could sign him to a three-year extension, you know, for ages 28, 20 or two-year extension, basically tack on two to his current one, but, you know, basically get him through his age 30 or age 31 season, still capture some of those prime years of his career and spread this cap hit out a little bit. Okay, so that's that's Nelson, and then you said yes. Hayden the straight cut. Uh, Hayden, I think. I mean, he's going to be thirty three, uh, and he just he's been a really good player for us. He's been in the yeah, league for a great. long time, um, but I mean, there were there were times last year when he just couldn't keep up either. Um, so it's it's getting to the point. Or actually, sorry, he's going to be thirty two this year. Yeah, so this yeah. will be his age thirty two season. And like I said, that's kind of when you start to see the drop off with cornerbacks. Um, if we had better depth on the roster, I would feel better about saying, you know, let mm-hmm. him retire or cut him. But we don't. He's he's better than whoever our third, fourth, or fifth option would be. I mean, we talked last week, you know, Hilton and Sutton are both free agents, and so now you're down to right. Justin Lane and James Pierre. Uh, Pierre actually played okay last year, but, I mean, I wouldn't put him in the starting yeah. lineup this year either. So, um, you know, if we had more depth behind him, I'd be more comfortable with just letting him walk or, you know, cutting him, letting him retire. But at this mm-hmm. point, I think it's a, it's a pay cut. And Hayden has made, you know, in his career, $116 million. So almost $117 million. So, you know, it's it's not like... <laughs> It's not like yeah. he's hurting for for cash either. That you could ask him to, you know, take a take a little slash on his, you know, seven million dollar base salary. Uh, you know, dropping six million dollars in the last year of his it's, career to get down to the veteran minimum is not going to kill him right. financially. So, Ben, does does his is this a a dominoes thing where? They've got to decide what they want to do with him before they can decide on on Sutton and Hilton. Then, uh, probably. But the reason they've got to decide what they're going to do with him first is they have to create some cap space. And right, there are a bunch of guys going into their last year that are probably hoping for extensions, or a handful of guys that that aren't going to get them. And maybe ask take to take pay cuts, and I don't know if if Joe Hayden is one of them. To be honest, because seven million dollars right. is really low for a corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and market. if he says "fuck you" and you know tells the Steelers to pound sand, he can make a lot more than that in twenty twenty one between signing mm-hmm. bonus and base salary someplace else. So. You know, um, it's a tough spot, and yeah. it, it's hard to, to ask him to do it. By the same token, the Steelers are in a position where they don't really have a choice. They have to make some, yeah, some some adjustments to to contracts here and there. It's going to be pretty insulting to him, though, to be asked to take a pay cut when he knows. I mean, he has to know they're going to go oh. to Steve Nelson and they're going to say, "Hey, we need yeah. to extend you." Yeah. You know, what's, I, I, it, what's it going to take? Because, um, I mean, that well, you know, I agree. basically they, they played at a very similar level last year and, and one guy's getting an extension and the other guy's getting taking a pay cut. That's that's pretty rough. Yeah, it's tough pill you know? to swallow. Yeah, um, it is. Um, so 
speaking of that, um, you know, Ben and, and Marquise Pouncey have been linked forever as, well, when he goes, I go kind of a thing. Um, you know, there was speculation a couple weeks ago that Pouncey was really leaning hard towards retirement. Um, you know, and with that one year left, I, Ian, what, what do you do with him? Whew. I mean, same conversation we're having with the other guys, right? I mean, he has an $8 yeah. million dollar base salary. So you either say, hey, take a pay cut or we're going to extend you for a couple years because, I mean, center's one of those center's one of those positions you don't think about, but it's so crucial to the offense. I mean, if you remember the Sean Mahan year, he spent more time on his back and Ben got – you know, yeah. Ben, the, the offense didn't run. You know, your, your quarterback can't play because he's got guys coming right up the middle at him all the time. Your running game doesn't work because there's nowhere for it to go. Like, I would argue that center is the most important position on the line, which is why I said last week that if Pouncey retires, you know, center has to be our, our top priority in the draft is you know, getting a new yeah. center. And we've had a long tradition here of good centers going yeah. back to Mike Webster, Germani Dawson, Marquise Pouncey, and even throw in, you know, Justin Hartwig in there was a, a pretty darn good center That's as well for, for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, um, yeah, and with Jeff Hastings as well was the other guy who was in there for Hastings was too. very good. Yeah, yeah. Hastings was yeah, he, he was came good. over from uh, the Lions, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we we had we've had some good center play, and we saw what happened the year with just with uh, Sean Mahan that was awful. Um, yeah. So I mean, Pouncey is so much better than J.C. Hassenhowards. It, it's not even close. <laughs> well, um, and and this is Pouncey light, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Pouncey yes. is not himself anymore no in my opinion but by the same token it's that conversation we had before where eight million dollars is low for a center Mm -hmm. and in my opinion they will not extend him because he's already talked about retirement they're not going to extend a guy that's talked about retirement yeah so it's it's retire or take a pay cut or we accept this cap hit as is Mm -hmm. those are the options in front of them yeah and you know, yeah, yeah. that's one of the guys that I, I think I think they need him more than he needs them. So I don't think they've got yeah. a heck of a lot of leverage in that conversation. Does um, Where with Joe Hayden, I yeah. think that, you know, given the fact that I think I think he's in decline at this point. Yeah. And he's not going to get better. They have familiarity with him. They have familiarity with his skill set. He's still a reliable player. I would like to keep him around, mm-hmm. but they may be looking at it from the standpoint, you know, straight up replacement value. What is it? And that's a different conversation, which kind of sucks. But no, I know, but the, it's a business. It, it is, and those are the conversations that that they're having and we're having. Um, and they're not they're not easy. You know, I heard. Uh, Matthew Stafford uh, was interviewed today really for the first time since, you know, he asked for a trade, got it, and is out in L.A. And he was talking to a couple of uh, journalists in Detroit, and he said, the most difficult decision or the most difficult discussion I have had in my life was sitting down uh, with with the Lions ownership and, and saying, hey, I, I, I need to move on. 
And so these these are not easy discussions. And I I don't think anybody that makes it sound like um, you're playing the Madden video game and you just, you know, click a button and uh, woof, voila, a guy has a new salary or is cut and your little salary cap goes back to, you know, where you want it. Uh, it's not that easy. Um, and I, I speaking of that, I, I do want to take it to the next guy. Um, David DeCastro, I, I think his is going to be a fascinating one. Um, with one year left on his deal. Uh, Ian, I, I, is it fair to say he did not have a typical David DeCastro year this season? That is definitely fair to say. Um, I'm still of the belief that whatever injury kept him out of the first few weeks of the season lingered yeah. throughout <laughs> the season. Yeah. Um, we don't necessarily know what that was right. specifically, but um, you know, he, he was, he was never himself this year. Uh, he got injured in training camp Agreed. and missed a few weeks early and just never, never looked right this year. Yeah. Um, it, he's, he's getting up there in years, but he's the kind of guy that I could see them actually giving an extension to because he may want to play a couple more years. He's, he's 32 yeah. already, but you know, he's interior 31. offensive line, he's 31, or, yeah, you're right. yeah, 31. Okay, he'll be 32 next year. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, he can, he probably has a couple years left in him. I could see them giving him a two or three year extension with the expectation that he might play two or three more years. Right. Yeah. I, I could see them give, giving him a four year extension with, with wow. the expectation that he'll play three or four years because guards can typically play into their mid thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would extend him if, if for no other reason to lower his cap hit. And and the fact that he's been consistent throughout his career, that's a guy I would extend and I would get it done quickly. Any any chance, just kind of off topic briefly here, any chance you would slide him to left guard? Why? Let Dot, let Dot, well, I think Dotson was more of a traditional right coming out of college, wasn't he? He was, but it doesn't. The reason that DeCastro pr- plays right guard is is the ability to pull to the left right as right. well as he does is rare. Yeah. And so no, I don't see DeCastro okay. being moved. And and Dotson doesn't move that well in no, space. He's a straight yet. ahead mover. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. he doesn't move that well in space yet. And so they're not going to put him in a position where he has to learn to pull to the opposite side. Mhm. Okay. I, I just throwing it out there. I, I don't know why it popped in my head. Um before yeah, we get to the uh, forget, yeah. let's not forget too, the Steelers did basically completely flip their running game when they drafted DeCastro because for years, I mean with, with Fanica and you know, they even tried it with Kimuatu and other guys, you mm-hmm. know, the, the left guard was always the pulling guard and the the right guard was kind of the, the plotter and the road grader. Um, and that was kind of how we always viewed it, that we were a, you know, power run to the right team because that's our talent was always at the left guard spot. And then they drafted DeCastro and he was so good at going the other way. They were like, well, we'll just flip this and, and you know, become a power to the left team. Yeah. By the way, I would we'll like run to a counter note, this way now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would like to note that I did suffer a brief bit of PTSD at the mention of uh, Kimiatu there um and his uh penchant for for penalty flags yeah um, but uh i, I late recovered. hit yeah <laughs> that too he had a that bit guy of guy with a damn late hit i swear it's like he, he could did. not he couldn't hear the whistle he oh he was he was a pistol man he would he did a hearing in there. Jackass. Uh, 
One of one of my favorite like memes before memes were things um was a, a picture of Kimuatu at Super Bowl forty three, like you know, standing with his arms celebrating, surrounded by confetti with the caption despite me. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like, right. Because you know, people forget he took a penalty at the beginning of that the game. Very beginning of the drive. He took a holding penalty on the first play. And yeah. You're and oh Ian, that's that I forget that at times and uh that is i knew where you're going with that but um just a reminder you're listening to the steel city blitz Steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated of south florida serving broward in the southern palm beach counties whether it's commercial residential multifamily or condos contact deck roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com um i, I take no pleasure in discussing this one because i i <sighs> Wait, we're, we're still doing offense, right? Well, no. I, Come I, on. No, no. Come on. Well, well, we've already done defense. We did Hayden and Nelson, haven't we? I, I, I've kind yeah, of but I, I just like to stay with the offense because I just noticed that there's somebody on the list that I really want to discuss. <laughs> uh, let me guess. Eric Ebron. Uh, no. Uh, Terrell Edmonds. No. Mason offense. fucking Rudolph. Oh, for God's sakes. Get, get, let, yeah. Fine. You want to talk about Mason? Let's talk about Mason. Uh, Let's do Ebron. Okay. Uh, Eric Ebron has one year left on his deal. Um, I I am just going to throw this out there. Uh, I, I don't know what the future in Pittsburgh looks like for him. I would not be surprised if, if his future isn't in Pittsburgh, but I'll just leave it there. Ian, what's it look like with Ebron? Um, well, considering Vance McDonald retired, right. which saved right. us another $5 million in cap space, um, and behind Ebron is now Zach Gentry, who sucks, and no, you don't Kevin say. Rader, uh, who is better, better, but hey, not hey. not more than a number two tight end. I mean, you have I'd to go keep the number. I, I'd go show. with a respectable number three, which Zach okay. Gentry is not. No, no, Zach Gentry sucks and should be gone. Um, but because of the cap situation, him being oh, on a rookie deal Gentry's probably won't happen. Slander on this show. And just because he's a Michigan guy, Mark, does not mean that he's good. No. Um, In no, fact, I, it means he's worse. He's a former quarterback, by the way. He went to University of Michigan as a quarterback. Well, well why he's got you know, maybe hand. he should have stayed there. Yeah, well, yeah. Be that as it may, uh, your but, point was though. My, my point is that given you know this may be the position where the replacement level is a, the largest drop off of any position on the roster. That there just is no starting capable replacement tight end, and Ebron's a terrible blocker. So even if he is your number one tight end you can probably expect to see a lot more of the six offensive lineman sets because if you're asking him to block, you're in trouble. Um, that being said... I, I will give Ebron he, credit for one thing. Well, He, he did try okay. to block this year. He attempted, <laughs> yes. He's terrible. He's terrible. But at least he puts in the effort. Yes. Um, that being said, you know Ebron caught five touchdown passes, which was the most by a Steelers tight end since Heath Miller had eight in 2012. So, yeah. um, or 2013, whatever. It's almost a decade since a Steelers tight end had that many. So he is, he did do what he was signed to do, which was be a red zone target, catch passes. 
he did drop some as well. Um, but you know, he was he was signed more as a receiving tight end and receiving option than he was as a blocker. Uh, he's twenty nine or he's twenty eight years old this year. Um, do a you know what six million dollar cap hit I think or six yep. million dollar base salary. Yep. Um, you know that's that's the kind of player five and a half. age. And five and a half situation. and a five hundred thousand dollar roster bonus. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean that even if you give him the roster bonus, there's no guarantee he still makes the roster because no, I mean, not five hundred, not at five hundred thousand. But I mean, yeah. I I would just about guarantee he makes the roster because oh, who's I, behind I too, him? Yeah. There's nobody exactly. behind him. Yeah, that's that was the point I was getting to was there's no one behind him. The replacement value yeah. is not there. Um, so you might want to consider extending him um, just for you know a couple maybe two years. One yep. can't do one. Do two years. I, I'd say extend him for two wow. years. But not beyond like his current salary level of like six million a year. Well, but, you you kind of have to because the market drifts that, that yeah. direction. Um, and I, I, you know, you kind of wait. You wait and see what what happens with tight ends and whether or not tight ends are cheap. And then you kind of see, you know, if if the tight end market is is stagnant, let's say during mm-hmm. free agency, then you go back to Ebron and you say, hey, how about two more years for 12 and a half million <laughs> as opposed to 12 million Throw in the half. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you, yeah. you structure it so that it, it lowers his cap hit this year by reducing his base salary to the, to the veteran minimum and converting everything else into signing bonus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe, maybe a little more. And, uh, you know, you, you put the rest of it into, into salaries in future years but yeah, the, the key there is, and I agree with Ian. You you extend him to lower his cap hit. He's twenty eight years old. He is your number one. He's unchallenged as your number one because the the players behind him are not good. Um, you have to draft a tight end because your depth there is shit. Um, you know this is another. Yeah. It, it kind of punctuates the point I was making before about the fact that even if Juju leaves, the Steelers are set at wide receiver. They have depth at that position. Right. And they have needs elsewhere. So I don't see them even offering him a deal unless he he lingers in free agency and is unsigned and they can get him on the cheap, which he's not going to be. So it's I mean, it's over, guys. I like Juju, too. I love the guy. I'd like to see him stay, but he's not going to. It isn't going to happen. Um, let me, uh, shift uh, from, uh, E squared, if you will. Um, can I make Vin- one other point here? Actually, sorry. Yeah, surely, um, but, but the Fuck Steelers that guy. Are not talk the- over him. <laughs> <laughs> the Steelers are not going to be the, the only team in salary cap hell this year, right? Oh no, they're not even if- the worst. No. no. Oh, this, the saints have like almost a hundred. Well, with Brees's restructuring, it's like 75 right. million over the cap. The yeah. Eagles are like 50 yeah. million over there. Yeah. They're, as of right now, there are, in addition to the Steelers, 13 total teams. So 12 other teams plus the Steelers. So 13 out of 32 teams are projected to be over the cap, including like the defending AFC champion Chiefs at 22 million over. Yeah. Um, you know, the Texans at 13 million over wow. who have no draft picks and a quarterback who wants out. So, I mean, there's, te- there's going to be a, a massive you know, slew of cuts and there's just not going to be a ton of money to go around this year. So yeah. um, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see 
I mean, obviously you have teams on the other end of the spectrum, like the Jaguars who have a ton of cap space because they don't have any talent. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the teams that are going to have to cut guys or slim down their cap space, I don't know if it'll happen, but there probably should be some kind of general understanding amongst the players union that, Hey, money is tight this year because the cap is down. We might not see the contract numbers we've seen in prior years. Although, as we always say, it only takes one team to do something stupid. Um, I do a massive deal. Joe, yeah. You're, you're, you're Joe Flacco's your yeah. Le'Veon Bell contracts, those kind of things. Any contract, yes. the Washington football team signed to a free agent <laughs> ever. Yes. Speak, speaking of them really quick, did you did you see the story? John Gruden or uh, his brother Jay was interviewed, and they were talking about the draft process, and, and he said, we would do all this work, we would have everything figured out, we'd be on the clock, and Snyder would come in off the boat, make the pick, and leave. How frustrating must that have been? Uh, uh that, apparently not frustrating enough because as uh, I recall, Jay Gruden signed two extensions while they worked for Washington. Well, that's um, yeah. I mean, you know, if it's me, I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm leaving. Yeah. No, goodbye. That, right. That'd be where I'd right out the door. Um, anyway, I don't want to digress further. I, I want to get to this guy. Cause it's going to be a tough one. Vince Williams, um, one year left on his deal. Not getting an extension. Um, well, Ben, go ahead. You you just said he's not getting an extension. So does that mean he plays it out? Does he get cut? What are we looking at here? Uh, well, Vinny's 32. Yes, he will. And he's, he's getting to the end. And um, I... Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's not due a ton of money this year. $4 million. All right. Um, But I don't think he's getting an extension to, to play beyond this year. I think they're going to let him go into the last year Mm -hmm. and let him play it out and tell him we'll see. And then next year they'll decide if they want him to come back or not. Um, But yeah, I mean he's he's getting to the point where he's in decline, which yeah. you know it's fair when you're 32 years old. Um, this guy was a compensatory sixth round pick. He was practically a seventh. Yep, and has been a solid contributor his whole career with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. He has it's great amazing. story. Great story. It is. This will be his tenth season. This one coming up. So it's you know, shit. I uh, it's kind of a heartbreaker from my standpoint because well, that's what I mean. It's been the hardest one for me to bring up tonight. I, that I mean, guy is you know he. It's a great story. Yeah, you root for the underdog. Yeah, but he's also been an overachiever. So it's like mm-hmm. God. I mean, you you just want to see the guy stick around. But by the same token, it, the game, the game is evolving. And you need to have rangy guys, guys who can run sideline to sideline at that position. And Vince is not that guy. And we've said this before. Uh, 25 years ago, he he would have been the ideal linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really would have been. Um, it, it just he, he just came after his. I mean, time. not even 25, 15 years ago. Yeah, that's probably a better. Yeah, 
the 2005 Steelers defense. Yeah, Farrier. I mean, if, if he played next to James Farrier, they would have been terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. He, terrifying. Vince, Vince is better than Larry Foote. I would say that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, more Michigan slander on this program. More Michigan slander. But totally. truth. I'm just saying. Farrier next to Vince Williams, they would have been terrifying. Ooh. Absolutely. Here's a question: Who came in on the uh, the the famous X stunt to sack the quarterback better, Williams or or Foot? Williams, without Williams. a doubt. Okay, all right, all right. I'm just curious, just throwing that out there. Um, Ian, what do you think about Vince? What, what what's his? Yeah, I, I I agree with Ben. Um, his his uh, you know, his his it's a combination of you know just age, production, and everything, and who else you have, right? We talked about replacement right. value. That you have Robert Spillane, who is much younger and is an exclusive rights free agent, which means you can sign him for dirt cheap next year and, uh, you know, get, I don't want to say a similar level of production, but, you know, give Spillane another year in the system, you know, let Vince play out this year. I agree with that. Um, but you know, is, is Spillane the, the guy of the future next to Devin Bush? Uh, I don't know, but I mean, essentially you've got him this year as an exclusive rights free agent and then next year Spillane will be a restricted free agent. So, I mean, you can essentially, you know, have that guy under contract for a few years that, you know, he can be an okay stopgap. He's much better at the, you know, the, the smashing run stopping position than he is trying to cover Devin Bush's position. I'll say that for sure. Yeah. Um, Let's let's talk a little bit about Terrell Edmonds here. Um, Why? Because I know you want to. No, why? Uh, well, There's no point in talking about Edmonds and Fitzpatrick. We can talk about both of them right now real quick. Fifth-year okay. option. They're both getting it. Move on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Really? Terrell Edmonds? He's getting his fifth-year option. They have to decide this in May. You realize this, right? Yes. Yeah, and they can they can decide to give it to him in May. Mm-hmm. And yes, they'll give it to him. They'll give it to both of them, and they can change their mind the following yeah. March and cut the player. Unless he gets injured, because it's guaranteed for injury. unless he gets injured, right? Well, me, yeah, because RG three scenario. Worried about that conversation. Yeah. Okay, both those guys. I mean, basically, it's yeah. yes, yes. Do I think? That Edmonds made a lot of progress this season. Yes, I do. Did he had? Did he still have some bonehead moments? Yes, yes, he did. Um, but he has too much potential. He has too much athletic ability to walk away from him. And he, this is and not he, Jarvis Jones we're talking about. <laughs> no, okay, it's not fair. I it, agree. It's not. It's not Artie. It, it, it's not no. either one of those guys. And and yes, he made. He he had, let's say he had a two steps forward, one step back kind of a season. Yeah, you know where where there were moments where you were like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Granted, you didn't make the play there, you didn't catch the ball, but you were in a position to do it. And as long as you keep getting in that position, mm-hmm. that's that's the guy we want to see. That's what we want. And there were some other moments where he whiffed on some tackles because he was trying to make yeah. a big hit or. Mm-hmm. something else i don't know what he was doing um thinking about rapping i don't know but <laughs> the so whole thing about wrapping up 
wrapping yeah. up in the open field. Yeah, wrapping up in the open field would be nice. But um, well, the the Pittsburgh rap scene tells me that he's better than Le'Veon was. Uh, oh, but uh, I don't know well, exactly if that's saying it's, much. It's <laughs> Listen, no one will ever touch it's Chucky. Mediocre Kobe, as so. hell. Nobody will ever touch what Chucky a Kobe. Chucky a Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Right. He was back up center. Yeah, he had a song called Bucktown. It was awesome, man. Oh, all right. Yeah, I could, Did I you guys could... ever listen to the the Terry Bradshaw records? I have the albums on the wall right behind me. They they were god awful. I mean, not even like you couldn't listen to them without going, "What the fuck? You recorded <laughs> this?" But you know, I mean, well, some guys like to self-publish records piss their money away yeah and you know i can't think of a, a better way to waste your money a dumber way to waste your money excuse me than doing well, exactly that but some guys want to do it they're all about right, it so right. it's like they say uh rappers want to be athletes and athletes want to be rappers um yeah, yeah. so but hey uh, uh let, let's talk real quick about about a couple of guys go that, ahead the same position all There's right. Mason Rudolph, who I mentioned before, is going to the last year of his contract. Okay. And there's Dwayne Haskins, who was also going to the last year of his one-year contract. <laughs> so basically, the entire Steelers quarterback depth chart right now has one year left on their deal. Now, yes. Haskins is a restricted free agent, so or will be next March. So that really doesn't, doesn't count because you can bring him back if he shows he's worth approximately $3 million. You can bring him back on an original round tender, which is a first, and you're fine. Um, Mason Rudolph, yeah, as we've discussed before, sucks <laughs> and will be an unrestricted free agent. And... Um, Ben Rudolph, Ben Roethlisberger, excuse me, obviously. <laughs> ben Rudolph. Ben Jesus. Rudolph. <laughs> wow. Wow. This um, show's gone off the rails. Uh, yeah. Will be an unrestricted free agent and also 40. So, uh, yeah. Basically, what's the plan at quarterback? Or Do you, you extend these guys? Are Do you, you not extend these guys? Are you suggesting that the possibility exists that Dwayne Haskins could be the starting quarterback in 2022? If no. somebody gets injured, maybe. Well, okay, Doc Hodges started games for us, so That's never say never. True. But... This is true. Uh, Practice you know, squad quarterback. I mean, we we are in a position where, and I don't think this is going to happen, but uh, we are in a position where where a Ben Roethlisberger decision to that doesn't you know coincide with what the Steelers want him to do. We're that close to having Mason Rudolph opening the season next year. So, I... but do you extend Mason Rudolph? Not now, God. Today, no. no. Today, do you do that? Oh no, I not even close. Do to I? give yourself another year to evaluate Rudy and see if he's a, a decent NFL player. Uh, do you do it? If it helps your cap a little bit, I, it doesn't I, help your cap. No, then I, I just don't think you do it. I, I no, I mean look what look what Washington just signed Taylor or yeah Taylor Heineke for like what four million a year or something like that. I mean that's even for Rudolph. That's I I, I know that's dirt cheap for a highway fucking salary, robbery but... for Rudolph. Let's let's just lay it out there. Rudolph yeah. sucks. 
And $4 million a year for Mason Rudolph is highway fucking robbery. Yeah, no, I I, I see the point. Um, So my point is a whole yeah. lot bigger than the salary cap. It's that they're right now, today, mm-hmm. there is no plan in 2022 for the quarterback position. None. Zip, zero. No. 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 The, the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2022 – very well could still be in college. Yes. Could be I in college and it, it, it could be, you know, Fitz magic. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't have a clue. Uh, I would, I would just say the, the starting quarterback is not currently on the roster. In 2022. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I hope he's on the roster because wow. Rudolph sucks. And yeah. let me, let me give you a nightmare scenario. Oh, Oh, nightmare. okay. Okay. March of 2022. Yeah. And Ben has announced his retirement. He's moving on. Uh-huh. Dwayne Haskins sucked. Uh-huh. And so they're not making him the starter. They've decided they're going to go a year with Mason Rudolph and see what he can do. And they so they sign him to a deal as a starter for two years, let's say, I don't know, $18 million. Yeah. $18 million. Yeah, which would be cheap for a starter yes. in the NFL. Yes. I will be fucking livid. I will be absolutely fucking livid. Hmm. I'm trying to think of uh I, I guess what I'm thinking right now is I would like to evaluate that scenario after the draft this year. And the only reason I say that is is because I'm curious if to see if they even draft a quarterback. I don't think they will, uh, unless somebody just falls in their lap ridiculously. But I don't think that's going like to happen. Kyle Trask. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. I, I, <laughs> I don't understand the I fascination mean, with Kyle Trask either, or Mac Jones. I, I, Jones, I, I, I please no. watching him. I would, I would take him a little more than I would Trask. But okay, one. fine. But neither one of them are franchise quarterbacks. So, so Erico, neither one is worthy of a first round pick. No, I don't, I, I don't think so either. And, and no, absolutely not. Quarterbacks always get JP get, Lossman had more upside than either one of those two jackasses. <laughs> well, okay, jackasses is the wrong word. Either yeah. one of those two prospects, right? Right. When you have arm strength questions like those two have, you mm-hmm. are not a first round pick. No, tra- that was Period. the big, biggest thing that I evaluated Trask on uh, when I did his draft profile is he does not throw the ball well deep at all. He's all arm. He does not get his legs or hips into his deep throws at all. Uh, and and you know Jones is slightly better at it, but. The arm overall NFL arm strength still probably not quite there. Um, do we need to go into any of these other folks on this list? I don't think we do. Cam Canaday, uh, that's super important. Well, hey, 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 you know we don't have too many problems with the long snaps. So um, I, think I would sign him to an extension. I, I'm going I'm to <laughs> go out on a limb and suggest that TJ Watt will get an extension at some point. I think he will get an extension, and he'll it'll lower his cap hit, which will be nice. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Jalen Samuels will not get an extension. 
No, I think Jalen has played his last uh, game in the black and gold. I I don't. I think he'll probably be around next year at the beginning of camp. Really? I don't. I hope he doesn't make the team. Um, <sighs> what about uh, Henry Mondo? I, oh, I was just looking at Mondo. Now, he's an ex- he's an exclusive rights free agent in yes. 2022. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, that's really it. I mean, that's oh, Chuke Wuma Akorafor. Going into his last year. Yeah, I think they let him play out his deal and then oh, see where it. things are on the line. I, mean, I think that's use... a really bad idea. And here's why. If he goes into your season, he's your starter at left tackle, which he probably will. Well, will. Even if they draft a tackle, they'll probably take Jukes and make him the starter at left tackle to start the season. And then he ends up being your starter. Mm-hmm. In 2022, now you have to pay him starter market left tackle money, which is, you know, minimum $11 million a year. That's Are you a suggesting little... to extend him now? I, I would extend him now. Hmm. Um, I don't think they will, but I, either. <laughs> I would like to see them do it. I'd like to see them extend him at a an affordable kind of a rate. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I um, see the logic in what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I just knowing the Steelers and the way they do business, yeah. I don't see them doing it, but I'd like to see them do it. Interesting. Um so guys, I'm gonna segue over to uh this this email I received and, and then we'll get on out of here for, for this week. Um, it's not normal that I receive an email, uh, from a Ravens fan. Uh, and at first, when I first started reading the email, I thought, okay, who's this asshole? Um, you know, somebody with such little time on their hands that they feel the need to, to badger us. But as I started reading, I quickly realized that this wasn't quite the case. Um, so this, this gentleman's name is Doug. And, uh, uh, and, and Ben and Ian, you, you guys can both relate to this because you guys are assholes. Uh, <laughs> very and, hurtful. And, and mean. Very much so. Um, so. So Doug was talking some trash to two of his buddies who are big Steelers fans following last season. And so the two Steelers fans said, hey, put your money where your mouth is and make us a bet. And he said, sure, what's the bet? And they said, if the Steelers sweep the Ravens in 2020, you have to shave your head and you have to have the Steelers logo, amongst other things, painted on it. And so he thought... Was it sweep the Ravens or win the division? Uh, I thought he told me it was sweep the Ravens. I thought it was two two wins. Um, but I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll check with him beforehand. Um, but either way, um, he lost this bet. And and I can tell from just talking to him via email, Doug is a good guy, despite his Ravens fandom. Um, he he's terrified. He's not looking forward to this, but he is going to live up to it, and he's he's going to uh, uh, take his his medicine, so to speak. So not long after I got an email from him, I get an email from one of the Steelers fans, and and you want to talk about a guy who's giddy to see his buddy get embarrassed like crazy. He says, can you guys get him on the podcast? And I said, well, of course, sure. And so I think next week, Doug is coming on, 
and he'll give us a little more info as to how this this whole bet came down. He'll tell us exactly what's going to happen. Um, he's he's apparently got a very nice beard and a, and a nice quaff, and it's all going to be gone. At least the 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 hair part uh, and and getting this thing painted on. I guess they're doing it like February twenty sixth or something like that. So he's going to join us for a few minutes coming up next week, and I give him a lot of credit. I, I do. He, he's he's holding up his end of the bargain because a lot of people would run and hide from from losing a bet. So uh, I, I know you two will be more than prepared to have some fun at Doug's expense. And I've already warned him, um, but I don't know that that's really going to matter. Um, what? Yeah. You warned him that you're a dick? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was somewhere between... Um, um, I, somewhere between Ben is an asshole and Ian. It's not very and, nice. No, no. And I said, Ian will be a smart ass. Um, so actual, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's going to come next week. And, and he's, I know he's listening to this show and, um, he, I told him, I said, Hey, don't come on this week. Listen to the show a little bit, get a feel for what we do, what we're about. <laughs> And uh, we're going to drink some whiskey and have a good time. He was informed that bourbon is highly recommended or whiskey. Uh, Beer is is also fully acceptable as well. But um, I I mean, this is just, these are three guys. They're just good guys. And uh, uh, obviously two of them are better than Doug is because they're Steelers fans and he's not. But uh, be that as it may. So we'll, we'll have Doug on next week and I expect it to be absolutely hilarious and a total shit show probably. and uh, what else here, too? Oh, I also wanted to mention uh, coming up on uh, the 17th of this month, Zach Banner is uh, working with a few people. Um, Alicia Clark from the WNBA and Josh Bell plays for the Pirates. Uh, they're, they're doing a thing on uh, anti-Semitism and, and white supremacy and stuff, and they're, they're looking for as many people to get involved with that. Uh, if you jump on uh, Zach's uh, Twitter handle and stuff, you'll you'll see that information there. He uh, he liked and retweeted what I put out uh, on behalf of him um, earlier this week. So it, it, it's something that obviously in the Pittsburgh community um, hit people very very hard with what happened to the Tree of Life and stuff. Uh, God, what was that? A couple of years ago now. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, so he's, he, you know, Zach is, uh, an incredibly huge man. Um, but he's also an incredibly, um, well fought guy. He, he, he takes things very, very seriously. And, uh, so he, he's putting that out there as well. So gentlemen, I'm uh, now ready to give you your parting shots. Ian, I'll allow you to take the mic first. Any parting shots for today? It's going to be a really interesting off season because not only with the Steelers having to get under the cap, but you know, twelve other teams. Plus, there's you know a handful more that are less than ten million dollars underneath the salary cap and are going to have to do some maneuvering to you know if they want to be able to sign some guys or sign their draft picks. It's it's going to be close. Like for instance, the Seahawks are only five million under, but they only have forty seven players signed currently, which is less than a full roster. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how this whole offseason plays out. Um, unfortunately, the defending champion Buccaneers have a ton of cap space, of so they, uh, you know, will probably be able to re-sign a lot of their guys, um, and may make a run at it again next year, which would be, you know, unfortunate, but Hey, they, the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. It yeah. happened, you know, uh, 
Tom Brady one again, unfortunately, but it is what it is. And so we, we, we move on to next year and uh, you know, we've got our draft profiles happening on steelcityblitz.com. We'll be following along with all of the salary cap moves as well that the team has to take arguably in the next month. Like this is a big month because of, you know, the, the roster bonuses that are due shortly after the league year starts and we have to get into cap compliance by the first day of the league year so there's going to be a lot of moves that happen from a cap standpoint not just with the Steelers but around the league and I will just uh, as my parting thought is a word of caution just because another player might be available for a trade (laughs) or be cut by another team we have to get our house in order first we got to get our shit together and get under the cap before we can even think about signing anyone else or trading for them whether they be you know deshaun watson or russell wilson um which are pipe dream scenarios which will not happen uh, as much as we would like them to um you know we we got to get our shit in order first before we can even bring in anyone from the outside so don't think that Kevin Colbert and Omar Connor asleep at the wheel. They got to figure out the internal stuff yeah. first before they can even look externally. Yeah. And uh, Ben, your parting shot for this evening. Oh, that was a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've already alluded to the, uh, the lack of a plan for at 2022 for the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of the reason that a lot, you know, a lot of the beats are, are predicting the Steelers will draft a quarterback. Right. I do not think the Steelers would draft a quarterback. At least I fucking hope not, because I, will. I mean, in order to do so, they need to move into the top ten, okay. and uh, because the the options that are will still be there at twenty four are ridiculous. Not to mention the fact that they have they have needs all over oh. their roster: offensive line, linebacker, corner. Uh, running back, they've got quarterback, obviously, but uh, you've got needs throughout your roster, throughout mm-hmm. most position rooms, aside from wide receiver, where you're pretty damn well set and you're really good at drafting those guys. So you could take a wide receiver in the third, and he'd probably be a stellar wide receiver because you're so good at picking them, which is another reason that Juju probably won't be resigned. Even though they'd like to keep him, we'd like them to keep him. He'd like to stay. It just isn't going to happen. Um, and I hate to keep being that guy. I'm sorry, but it just it just isn't going to happen. It. We're, we tell the truth here. Yeah, I you know, sorry guys, uh, prepare yourselves emotionally because it, it it ain't happening. Um, yeah, I, you know, I I'm excited for this. Uh, this upcoming draft, obviously, um, they should be getting an additional fourth round pick, right? Um, uh, compensatory pick, maybe an additional six, but it'll probably be an additional seven. Um, but two more draft picks for a team that needs deaf players all over the roster. That's, that's a good thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, the outlook defensively is still bright, even though they have needs at corner, they need definitely need one there. They need to add a body. Um, even if they re-sign Mike Hilton or Cam Sutton, they need to add a body at corner. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I, I, I am concerned, having lived through the '80s, 
and uh, you know the the period post Terry Bradshaw, yep. going through numerous quarterbacks who were, I, I mean, adequate guys, but not mm-hmm. really like good NFL starters. Right. I can tell you that if you don't have a good NFL starter at quarterback, you can't compete. You can't. It's it's difficult. I mean, super difficult. The Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer teams, those are aberrations. Though those are not teams that typically win Super Bowls. And so it's um, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm well, hopeful that something can work out here that some guy falls further than he should and the Steelers can grab him late but I don't see it. it. It's there's a lot of time and you just don't know, but I, I just, my, my parting shot is very, very simple. I thoroughly enjoyed drunk Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> I, I, watching him get escorted uh, off the boat and to wherever it was, they took him was priceless. Um, it's the first time he looked like a human being to me and not like an Android robot or something like that. Eh, whatever. Uh, he got wasted. Yeah. So what? <laughs> uh, it, uh, I, I, it was just hilarious to me when I saw it at first, I got to admit, I didn't even think it was him. I'm like, there's no way he would allow himself to be shown like that. And then I realized, Holy shit, that's him. Um, when you're and, that drunk. Yeah. That shit happens. It, yes, it does. Yes, it does. And, and I, I've, I've been there. And uh, it just cracked me up. And so I'm just going to leave it at that. So uh, for Ben and Ian, this is Steel Dad signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And as always, hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. Fuck the Browns. <laughs>